Yeah, there's the thing. Hey, what's up? I'm Dash. This is All the Way Down, episode 32. Knox is here as well. Hey, I'm Knox, and uh, we couldn't afford the full budget this week. We only had to get the Dash singing in there. <laughs> so... I, I, man, I've, it's been a minute. Uh, I've got a million things to talk about. However, um, in the last couple days, a new thing came out that kind of pushed everything else that I've been wanting to talk about off to the wayside. Yeah. And that is that Elden Ring came out. How do you, how are you feeling on well, that? Well, I'm not feeling too, uh, to anything because uh, I haven't played it or even planned to buy it or anything like that. But I will say when I saw its announcement at, what was it, E3, I think, um, it looked visually and stylistically the most attractive to me of a Souls game yet. Yeah. Let's just start right there with the sure. visuals. We're talking about Elden Ring. Here we go. So it's, um, it is a beautiful beautiful game like souls games have always been oh man this game is like it really it's like the next from soft game you know what i mean like the next ever from soft uh, yes as in like ever since 2009 with demon souls when from soft first like really started killing it with these titles you know when miyazaki started directing um and mm. and they've just been getting better you know and uh one thing that the series has always been known for, especially starting with Dark Souls, really starting with Dark Souls, is the that whole aspect of... Um, it, it, it sounds like a joke at first, the see that mountain you can go there kind of thing. Yeah. But like in Dark Souls, it wasn't really that. It was... Dark Souls, it was almost like the opposite. It wasn't really see that mountain you can go there. It was like at some point you'll look off a cliffside and be like oh, shit, that's the castle I was just in. You know mm, what I mean? I like that um, feeling. Yeah, and there, there's a lot of those things where you, you see off in the distance like architecture that you recognize because you've already been there, and you're like, whoa, and then you start to start paying more attention and you're like hey that big mausoleum thing on the top of the cliff up there i wonder when i'm gonna get there you know and then you do later and it's really cool um elden ring is like after the brief tutorial you walk out into the world and it's you know you leave the cave you're in and it's like boom open world and it's it's um just like the most gorgeous landscape that they've done where uh, just the color grading is really cool, you know? It's like a very like green, cliffy kind of area, but the trees have like orange leaves to them and look really cool. But then there's these huge yellow trees way off in the distance that are enormous, you know what I mean? Um, and that's like the first thing that's going to catch your eye is this like giant godlike yellow tree, you know, uh, that is super, super cool. Um, and then and then you start to look at the finer details. Oh, shit, there's a castle there. There's another thing over here. I can see something over there. There's a badass knight riding a, a, a horse over there. Don't want to fuck with him, you know. And then you walk over and, like, look off of a cliff and there's, oh, there's a beach down there. But the beach has these, like, fucked up creatures on it, you know, that are, like, crazy tentacle things with beaks, you know, and you're like, whoa, right? And, uh, okay, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but, like, <laughs> the, um, but, yeah, like, visually, just, like, taking in, like, the place that you're in, it reminds me a lot, a lot, a lot 
of Breath of the Wild, where Breath of the Wild actually did like the same exact thing, where you start out in a cave and you walk out the cave and you're on a cliff and it's like, boom, here is the visual landscape. You know what I mean? Where you're mm-hmm. up on a plateau and you can see all these landmarks across the horizon, you know, that are all places that you're going to go. And uh, this game kind of does the same thing. Um, in fact, there's a lot of aspects of Elden Ring that I would say overall, like the, the, the one sentence pitch of the game is that it's Dark Souls mixed with Breath of the Wild. Breath um, of the Wild, a, oh, okay. You know, in a lot of the in a lot of ways. So so yeah, if you if you're coming into Elden Ring and you don't really know anything about it, um, it's open world. Uh, more than the other ones are. Dark Souls games have always been open, as in like you're in this place and you can go multiple ways. Except I've always described the Dark Souls world as like a web, you know? Yeah. Where it's it, like the uh, yeah. it's like a hub world, you know. It's like a web where there are several different locations and each of them connect to like three other ones, you know? And so to get from one place to another, you don't just run straight there. You kind of think about, well, this pathway goes to this place and that place has a pathway here that goes to this place and then that place has a pathway here that goes to the place I'm trying to get to, right? Yeah. And uh, and, and, and I, I love that about Dark Souls. It's genius. Uh, the thing that I, I, I love about that is the way that, like, that has always solved the open world problem to me of running straight at your objective in a field of nothingness is boring, you know? Um, and so I always loved that in Dark Souls, it was more like a level that you played through to get there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like uh, having to go through each of the web strands brings you through a bunch of handcrafted, designed pathways with good enemy placement and all that kind of stuff. And so it was fun every time. Um, but Elden Ring now is doing the more spread out, wide open area thing, uh, where you actually are just, you know, you have 360 degrees around you that you can run in any direction, right? Uh, from the start. Um, and, uh, man, at, at first I was a bit worried about it because of, like I'm saying, the open world problem, you know, where like I, I, didn't think that that's as compelling but breath of the wild did it right you know that game did it right that game did open world in a really cool way that i really enjoyed and elden ring is doing the same thing right um as in like man it's i was gonna say how do you do open world right so let me first explain how you do open world wrong (laughs) uh so the thing that I can't stand in open world games is when you open your map and it's got a bunch of bullshit on it, you know, icons and icons and essentially just a bunch of fucking chores, right? Like, oh, there's an, there's a, there's an icon on your map here. What is that? I don't know. So I put my waypoint on it and I run straight at it and I get there and it's some dumb little piss easy objective that isn't really anything. And the game goes, good job. You did it. And now it's off your map, you know? And I'm like, oh good. I got it off my map. So it feels like I'm just doing chores because I'm being pointed exactly to every single objective. And the only reason I'm doing it is just to clean the fucking map. It's not even to do the things. I'm not even excited about the things because I don't know what they are because I just am only going to them because there's a marker there. You know what I mean? And I find that very frustrating and boring. Does right? this happen in Elden Ring? 
No. I was going to uh, say, because like, it, it, like thinking like Skyrim, that would be like the clearest example to me where once you discover your thing, your, your map becomes kind of littered with points and shit because you actually went there. Yeah, the more specific games that I'm describing here are like Assassin's Creed, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Far Cry, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Mostly Ubisoft, uh, you know, it's, it's like the game that Ubisoft makes. Um, but then, yeah, there are some other like uh, uh, games that do a similar thing, like Horizon. Yeah. Um, but yes, but then Breath of the so then Breath of the Wild comes along, and now let's talk about how you do open world right in Breath of the Wild. You don't get any markers on your map, but using your binoculars, you can place waypoints on your map. Uh, and so your goal is, or, or like the thing that you end up doing in that game is like you climb up on something high, which is funny because, oh man, the, like the game design philosophy is so good because it's like in Assassin's Creed, you climb up onto a tall thing and it reveals a bunch of objectives on your map for you. Hmm. So it's like the game saying, good job, you climbed on something high. So your character spotted a bunch of stuff to do. Here it is on your map. You know what I mean? But in Breath of the Wild, it's actually you, the player, who decides to climb up on a tall thing because it's actually literally a good vantage point for you yeah. to look around from. I can see and that. And then you look around and you go, hey, that looks suspicious with your binoculars, and you hit a button and it and it, and it puts a little it puts a little waypoint on that spot that looks suspicious, right? And you might pick out five or six of them, right? Oh, this looks suspicious, this looks suspicious, this looks suspicious, right? And you put down some waypoints, and then you go to those things to research them yourself because you were interested in them because there was something suspicious about it you know what i mean and that's like super adventurous and fun right so now elden ring is doing that style of open world but with like dark souls combat and holy shit it's so good <laughs> is, uh I was going to say, I mean, like, isn't... Ah, so I, I guess I'm not a big Breath of the Wild player, but I would say that was the most Dark Souls uh, combat Zelda's ever been, but I guess you, you're saying it's, it's even much more dissimilar? Uh, yeah, so it's it's much more Souls-y feeling. Um, I will say, though, that they got a bit more Sekiro in there uh, than Dark Souls has had before, which is good. You know what I mean? It's It's like the natural progression, right? Um, I've not after, played any of these games, so... <laughs> so, after Dark Souls, uh, there was Bloodborne, and Bloodborne went a little bit more action. You know, uh, Dark Souls is a little slower, and Bloodborne is generally more fast and aggressive, right? Mm -hmm. And then Sekiro was where they, they branched the most away from, like, an RPG where you choose your stat upgrades and you choose what kind of build you're going for and stuff. And Sekiro was very much like, this is how the combat is, you know? And, Would you say and, Sekiro's, like, difficulty is uh, typically harder than a Souls game on average should be? Uh, I think that all of these games handle difficulty so well that it becomes a weird thing to even discuss which one is more or less hard. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? Gotcha. Like, uh, yeah, like it, it's all just good <laughs> the way it's, it's done. You know, what, what things do you find hard rather? 
Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, if you ask anyone who which boss they f- thought was the hardest in Sekiro, you'll mostly get a different answer from everybody. Except for probably most people will name the last boss, though, as one of the hardest. And there you go. That is pretty good, you know, if that's the case. Um but yeah, so so all right, I gotta I gotta stay on the rails here. It's gonna be difficult. Just <laughs> so like you were the talking gameplay. about how it kind of goes with a Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So what? So let me just. This is one of those games that is like so crazy how it how di- like different. But uh, okay. So let me just explain generally what's happened to me that made me really like the game so far. Um, and this has to do with the way that it handles open world. So you get out in the open world, and me not knowing anything about it yet, I get out in the open world, and of, of course, just the way that I am, I go, uh-oh, this is really open. This makes me kind of nervous that, like, if it's so open, it's going to have the open world problems, right? So I'm like, mm, I don't know if I like the idea that I can just go anywhere because I want to have a level to play through, you know? But I sit down at the first grace, that's what they call the bonfires in this one, and it grace. has a thing okay. where it points you in a certain direction. The bonfire essentially just, like, points you like, hey, um, I know that it's super open, but... If you feel like going this way, this is where progress is, you know? And it's like, oh, okay, cool. So I was just like, all right, I'm just going to go that way, you know? So I followed it. Yeah, it just generally tells you, like, hey, you know, this, there, go, maybe, maybe this way. You know, they're (laughs) they're not very specific about anything, right? With like these mechanics and stuff, but they're just, you know, maybe that way. I'm thinking, when the way you said that, I'm thinking about it in the context of a racing game where if you turn around the wrong (laughs) way, immediately the game's like, what the fuck are you doing? But in, you know, in case it's just a suggestion, you could have more fun that way. You never know. Right, right. You turn around in Mario Kart and Lakitu's uh-huh. like, you know, may like consi- consider <laughs> that you technically th- it will be the first person <laughs> the shell hits and not have to be a blue shell if I do it this way. <laughs> so, um, so I follow the way that the grace is is pointing me, you know, and I'm like, okay, cool. And I fight some dudes, and it's really hard. Like, I, you know, it, it's it's uh, I guess the the one of the things that was really hard at first is that I always pick like the naked class, you know, and these games uh where you have to find all your gear you just start out with a club you know but in dark souls you at least get a club and a shield and this one you don't get the shield uh so that was kind of tough to start with um but you know i'm going uh and i get to the next bonfire and like it points me in a direction and uh, you know i go from there and a bunch of cool shit is happening but like man the combat is hard and everything's kicking my ass you know but i keep following the waypoints um until eventually i get to what is the first like boss like this guy's a boss right there's a fog gate in front of him is it kind of like in dark souls where it's like hey test your metal in the first five seconds (laughs) and then do Uh, this it's like a big in your face you know no no that guy killed me and it and it moved on it 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 did more the the demon souls thing where you only get one chance at the guy that kills you you Mm. know and then and then it moves on you know um, instead of Dark Souls, where like you run away from the guy and then you come back and kill him and then you finish the tutorial, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But so so I get to the first boss that like you're supposed to beat, right? Um, and holy shit, he's just the hardest thing ever. I don't do any damage to him, you know, and he kills me in like two hits. But like I 
I, I beat my head against it for a little while, you know, tried them a few times, and I could get his health down like a third of the way, but like a third of the way he started a new uh, phase that just like never fucking stops attacking, and I, I just I couldn't handle it, you know, and I was just like, I was starting to think like, man, I, I'm finding this game a little hard to get into because like normally... You know, normally things are a little hard, but there's like a a nice curve to the difficulty that that you're at least getting little bits of progress at a time that keeps you going. But this guy is just a straight up brick wall. And if I backtrack a little bit, it's like all of the enemies that we're leading here are really fucking hard too. So and they don't even give very much experience. So like I can't even really level up, you know. And I and I'm sitting and at first I was kind of like, what's going on here? Like this is, this is way too hard. And I I feel like I just have no footing to even get started in this game, you know. But then I'm like, okay, what if I just don't go the way that the grace points me, you know? And I started actually adventuring around, and uh, in the last and this all happened on. Friday, right, when the game came out. Um, now, over the last two days of playing the game constantly, I haven't even been back to that boss yet because there's so much, so much shit, shit to do. To do. <laughs> there's, so, like, the worst... There's like, so much shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so So it's almost like they actually... It's it's like, it's now it's genius, right? At first, I was like, I don't know about this game. I can't even get my footing, right? But now I'm like... Actually, this was genius because what they did was they pointed me right to something that was too hard where now I'm exploring around not just because I'm wandering around what's here and what's here, but I'm gearing up for something specific now. You know what I mean? Like now when I clear an objective and I, if I get a, you know, when, when I find a little thing and I, and, and I deal with it, right? Oh, I got some new equipment or I got enough experience to level up or whatever. All of that has context now. All of these little objectives that seem small and each one of them, each like, okay. So now I'm just wandering around and it's like, hey, there's some runes over here. I'm going to go check it out, right? Oh my God, there's this type of enemy here. And I found a chest that has a, this equipment in it or something, right? But that's all it is. Oh, cool. There were some dudes that I fought and I found a little piece of equipment, right? And then I go to the next suspicious looking thing or, or thing that's on the map that's interesting. Holy shit, this happened. And I found this thing, right? And instead of this just being a bunch of random bullshit now that I'm going around the map finding and getting and going, okay, and then moving on, instead it all has context where it's I'm looking specifically for what is going to help me kill this boss. You know what I mean? And that has made that specific goal that they pointed me right towards now it makes all of this adventuring so fun. You know what so I mean? So instant wall of difficulty means you're instantly looking for the tools you need. Uh, exactly. That's what you're saying. Yeah. And what's funny about this is that this is actually exactly, once again, what Breath of the Wild did. In Breath of the Wild, when you start the game, you immediately, on your quest log, you get a quest that just says, kill the last boss, basically, <laughs> or kill Ganon, you know? Maybe that's why people speedrun that, because weren't people beating the game in five minutes? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that's exactly, like, the thing about Breath of the Wild is that you can literally run straight to the castle 
and fight the last boss. Uh, it's just you're not going to be equipped to do that unless you, you know, know exactly, exactly, exactly what you're doing, which you won't the first time, right? And so, Breath of the Wild, the entire game, all of the adventuring you do is getting better gear and uh, getting more abilities and doing all this stuff, and you always have this context of this is going to help me when I get to the castle, you know, that yeah. I was pointed at immediately. And so that's what Elden Ring is doing now, except I think on a smaller scale, right? The the boss that I went to and couldn't beat, that's not the last boss, you know? That's like the probably the chapter one boss, you know what I mean? Okay. Um, so... So, okay, so that's, I, I, I found that to be pretty profound, though, the way that they, the way that the game pointed me at something that I can't really do, and now that has made it so much more fun to do everything do else. Do you know what that kind of reminds me of? The, the way that they tell the story of God of War, like when you're in the campaign, well, pff, campaign mode, the only way to play God of War, mm -hmm. um, you're kind of just like, they usually set up the scene to where, like, Holy shit, there's some gigantic fucking demigod over there wrecking shit. Uh, and then uh, there's just little old you, because the camera just pans right to you on like a cliffside, like oh, looking at the action. And then you're kind of just analyzing, uh, okay, well, that monster's over there. Looks like there's a pathway over there. There's a bridge over there I could take to swing from here to there. You see it on a macro level at first as an insurmountable goal and then it forces you through the narrative of how to how to you know get your tools and figure out where to go through there it sounds like it's kind of similar but without the track obviously yeah totally and like that's the thing like you know i i i feel like i often get into these like rants about games plots being uninteresting and the reason that that's so important is because the player needs motivation, I think, yeah. right? If there's no context to why you're you're doing the objectives in the game, then it makes them a lot less fun. Oh my uh, god. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, you know um, what instantly comes to mind when I think about that? Remember that fishing game I got, the real fishing game uh, Road Trip Adventure that there for some reason was just anime protagonists in it? Mhm. Mm and there was literally no reason for you to be interested in those characters whatsoever, and you could only play one of them, and, like, it was just fucking the most minimal basic human interaction needed to go from, I'm on this road, and there's a pond over there, and I'm going to fish in it. Like, I hated every fucking minute of that game that there was dialogue, and I wanted to love it, but you can't get through a game like that. I didn't. I couldn't. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so I uh, let's get a little bit more specific into like what it is you actually do in the game, right? In Elden Ring, yes. Um, so uh, it, it's kind of similar to Breath of the Wild. What ends up happening is you kind of spot something in the distance that you want to go check out, and then as you're running towards it, you just get distracted by every little thing around. Um, and one thing that I'd like to kind of talk about is that Elden Ring has the best like atmosphere of any FromSoft game I've played. Ooh, I don't know. Have you played Armored Core? <laughs> <laughs> well, not really. I had a demo of it when I was younger, so I didn't the atmosphere didn't necessarily Do you remember which demo it was? Which uh, game? It was the first one for PS1. Okay. okay, then you might have had a worse experience. I've I started playing on the fourth one, I believe it was Armored Core for Another Age. It was called Another Age on PS2, and it was fucking badass. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'd be interested to get into those at some point. Um, I'm very excited that they're returning to that series. I was not expecting that at all. Oh, like, yeah. We haven't had a good mech combat thing in a while, and I don't even know that there was that many people clamoring for it. But damn it, we're about to get it. <laughs> yeah, Armored Core 5 was on like PS3, I Three? think. And, yeah. and then there was also one called Armored Core 4 Answer, and I don't remember if that was before or after 5. Uh, uh, I'll come. I'll get back to you on that. Sure, sure. But, uh, well, I, I mean, it, it's tough to say because, like, I love the atmosphere of Bloodborne, right? Bloodborne has has insanely good atmosphere as well. Yeah. You know, may, maybe it's not quite there or something, but uh, it's really good, though. Let me just explain some stuff, right? So, so I'm running towards this interesting thing at one point, right, in the game. You're correct, by the way. PS3 360 was the last one. Yeah. Um, like, let me, let me give you an example of like something of like, uh, something that happens. So I'm, I'm running, I'm running through like the forest, you know, there's some castle up on a cliff I want to get to or something like that. Right. And, uh, there's this like spectral, uh, candle stand Ooh. in the forest somewhere. It's like a ghostly candle scan. I'm like, Oh, that's weird. So, uh, you know, I went up to it. And, uh, and like a ghost appeared that was walking away, you know, and I was With like, the candle. Oh. Uh, not with it. It was just a ghost walking away, right? Oh, I'm you like, see okay, a floating candlestick, right? And and it's kind of dark, so I've got my torch out, you know, a little bit, and uh, and and that's the thing too, you know. It's like it's like I, I, at all times, right? I've got my sword in the right hand, and I've got my shield in the left hand, right? But then you can swap your your hands, you know. And so instead of a shield, I've also got a torch, right? So I can switch to the torch when it's dark, and. Uh, and uh, eventually we clear out of the forest, and he, he, he walks, like, down the cliff and down onto this, like, little, like, ledge cliffside that, that is kind of tough to spot, but the ghost walked to it, right? Um, and then it disappeared. But I, I followed the path down, and there was a cave at the end of it. I'm like, oh, shit, cave, right? And uh, it's a really good-looking cave, you know? All the, the scenery, the rock walls and stuff look really good, and there's, like... Love a good cave. You know, yeah, like skeletons and boxes and stuff laying around. And I'm like, all right, all right. So walk into the cave, and there's a treasure chest. And I'm like, all right. So, you know, I walk over to the treasure chest, but the ground busts open, and it's a pitfall. Oh, shit. So I fall, uh, uh, you know, and, and I actually jumped. Like, I was not expecting it at all. So I, like, jumped mm -hmm. in my seat a little bit when, when the ground broke. Uh, character falls, lands on the ground, and there's a bunch of rats around. Giant rats. And they're fighting me. And I'm like, fuck! So now I have to like, so now I've, I've got a torch in my hand, right? So I'm trying to like fend off the rats with the sword while I'm also like fumbling to try to get the shield back out, you know? Because like they're hitting me, but I'm accidentally trying to block the, the hits with the torch because that's what's usually in my left hand, you know? So I'm like, oh, and it's this horrible battle with these, with these rats all of a sudden in this <laughs> cave. And, you know, and of course, when you put the torch away to get the shield out, now it's dark in there, you know, and I'm fighting them in the dark, you know. And, oh, finally. Okay, I take the torch back out and uh, and uh, and then with all the dead rats around, and I'm like, damn, dude. Uh, but all right, all right. So, but now I need to figure out how to get out of this cave, right? Because uh, because I fell, right? Um, yeah. So the only place that I see to go is deeper, right? I find another hole, but it's got like ledges that you can jump down, you know? And I'm like, okay, okay, well, you know, the only way out is through, right? So like, uh, hop down the ledge onto the ledge, right? And and I, I'm going down deeper and deeper until boom, now I land and now there's <sighs> like a, now there's like ankle deep water that I'm in, right? So I'm Not still- Not a claustrophobia this... play here? 
a little bit, but now now it's like I'm in the now I'm in this cave and there's water on the ground and it's wet, you know, and I'm still got the torch out, right? That's the only source of light, you know. And uh and and so I'm looking around the cave, you know, sloshing through water now. Um and eventually I get to uh this big bear, right? And there's a bear down there and the bear's got a health bar and it's like, oh shit, now it's a boss, right? Oh shit, boss fight with the bear, but I haven't even saved or anything or I, I you know, or not saved really, you know, but like I have less healing because of the rats and stuff, but I'm fighting this thing now. Um, and I fight, and I fight the bear and it's a great fight. Uh, and I beat it and Oh shit! He drops. Uh, he he drops like a weapon or a medallion or some piece of equipment that's important or, or that's, like, that's good. That's gonna help me later. But it doesn't even matter because just he drops he, a weapon. Uh, well, it's like there, why didn't the bear just use the weapon? I think there was a dead guy <laughs> in the cave with the bear, and that dead oh. guy had the weapon. Yeah, maybe uh, you just cut the the sword out of him or something. Well, right. Um, but, uh, so we're, so, but, but then that, that's it, you know? And then, and then from there I find a more cave area that goes back up and okay, now I'm, now I'm out, you know? But it was like such a immersive, cool, like fantasy horror experience, you know, of like falling in the trap Fight, having to fight the rats in the dark, uh, you know, struggling between the torch and the shield. Like it's the, not too far from reality. It's a pretty good fear to have. Like games aren't this immersive. It's crazy. Mm. You know, there was another place I was that was like a catacomb, right? I found a catacomb. So this Ooh. place was like built, you know, brick walls and stuff, you know, and uh, and the lighting is really cool in the catacombs. Um, so I didn't need the torch, but still, it was like I'm slowly walking walking through, uh, you know, this, this cave or this not cave, but uh, catacomb that looks so cool with the light, the way that the lights are and all the clutter that's around. And then like skeletons fight you, except I kind of have to run up, but you know, I fight a couple skeletons, but then the skeletons are coming back, you know, just like in dark souls, they could actually come back and I'm like, fuck, I, I can't fight these guys. So I have to run away from them, you know? Um, and then I run into there's some like some booby traps, you know, like a like a, a a floor. There was a room that when I walked in, the floor started rising, and I saw that there were spikes on the ceiling. So I yeah. like really quickly, you know, figure out like, oh shit, where can I go, you know, or to get out of this, you know. And um, Guillermo del Toro had a part in this, right? Uh no, no, he didn't. You might uh, George R R Martin did. George R R Martin, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say there's like the the famous writer involved in this. I wanted to say. Yeah, I'll I'll get into that in a second. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I just like all all of these different experiences in the game. It's like I feel like I'm playing a game that people have been dreaming about for years. You know what I mean? Really? Like when we first saw. Um, it's like okay, when a game like Dark Souls is given a trailer by a big studio. I feel like Elden Ring is the game that the trailer wants you to think the game is going to be like. <laughs> That's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like super immersive and super uh just like adventure like the the sense of adventure um and and like and and fright and stuff when you find these things and you f either fall into these traps or just like discover all of these things. Um, I've never played a game quite like it before. 
Uh, just stuff like, you know, when you, you, you run out into a passing and there's just like a giant, you know, walking through the area, you know, and you're like, I'm not going anywhere near that guy. You know what I mean? But he's, that's vibes. Just, he's just doing that. You know, that's what he's doing. Um, and that's what he does, but that happens a lot, right? There's like a whole class of, you know, giants. Um, yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, What's up the universe like? Like, cause okay, so Bloodborne is isn't that like a plague kind of universe where it kind of takes after a lot of, uh, you know, medieval Europe going through the blue bon- the bubonic plague. Um, Dark Souls is just kind of like, you know, medieval. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. Bloodborne is more uh, like Victorian. Victorian. You know? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, with like, and, and so that one has like a big like werewolfy, uh, vampirey that kind of vibe to it. Uh, mm-hmm. While yeah, Dark Souls is more um, like base, more basic dark fantasy. Uh, I tend to to like so so yeah. This is a, this gets into the George R. R. Martin thing a little bit where the thing that I've noticed about Elden Ring story wise so far, and I'm not very far into the story at all because I've just been doing, I've just been adventuring right. Um, but one thing I've noticed is, and I, th- I gotta blame George R. R. Martin for this. I feel like, but it's very heavy on terminology. I've noticed, which is I think as opposed to the other games. You know, terminology the other- how? So the other games have some stuff to them, like what is the dark sign in Dark Souls, and you know, uh, the the chosen undead, and ring the bells of awakening. You know, you you, you hear some terminology like that, uh, or like Bloodborne starts off kind of using it as a mystery, where they say like seek the p- the pale blood to transcend the hunt. You know, and you're like, hey, what the fuck are those two things? You know what I mean? Um, but but that's it, right? They 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 give you a little bit. Elden Ring was a little bit more like, I am a maiden, right? And maiden is in capitals, of the two fingers. You <laughs> will go to the round table hold and become a, 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 you know, find a great rune to be accepted uh, as a knight and uh, of, the, of the great grace or something, you know? And, like, it's like all of this shit is capitalized, you know? Like, it's all, like, proper nouns. And it's like every... Every conversation I'm having is like the 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 they speak in so many proper nouns that it it's a little it's proper, more overwhelming than normal of proper like, nouns like you you mean like thou and they and all that shit no I mean, like, <laughs> I mean like capitalized things like when they oh. say the tarnished it's not it's a capital T right because they're referring to like they're not just using oh. the word tarnished. They're saying it's the tarnished. It's a specific okay. thing. Gotcha. Proper right. noun. Yeah. And it's like everything is really bogged down in terminology like that. And so it's a little more overwhelming than normal. Um and and uh and and um so it came off the the story so far came off uh, a little bit more um bloated than than usual, I think. Uh, but we'll see. You know, we'll see where it goes. Uh, it, you know, the, the things they're talking about sound really cool and stuff. Uh, I'm just not used to to that much of that kind of stuff. Um, and being, you know, I, I'm only assuming that that was a bit of George R. R. Martin's influence. You know, where it's like he established all of these things, and now they're using all of those things in the story, right? Um, kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
but it's uh, just like what, what's the uh what's the the cold ones or whatever in 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 game of thrones uh you know i've never seen game of thrones god me either and i'm, I'm glad that we <laughs> both can bond on that because i have very little interest in it either right so honestly like when they when they came up with uh with elden ring oh george r, r. martin's helping i i you know my reaction was like uh-oh uh, it was my first thought because like the <laughs> oh, thing is, no. <laughs> Dark Souls already has such a cool world and they tell such cool stories, you know, that it's like, why do we want to bring in like some star power to help them make a new setting? FromSoft has the best worlds and they tell such cool stories. They don't need this other guy. But, you know, uh, from, well, from the, who made the push? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, I don't know, but because uh, like they could just be huge fans of George R. R. Martin, yeah, you know? and yeah, maybe it'd I, just be cool to collaborate, right? And and uh, and from from um, what I heard in like press releases or whatnot, I mean, it sounds like his involvement was pretty minimal. It was pretty early on, uh, kind of like setting kind of stuff more so than like what's the actual plot or that kind of thing. Uh, but I'm not even sure about that. Um, what I can tell you so far is that it doesn't feel like uh it's one thing that i worried about a little bit was that we were going to get like a lot more dialogue in general and uh and a lot more like open worldy kind of game feeling where it's like now all of a sudden there's all this dialogue with all these characters you know like they were going to try to do a more traditional storytelling type uh, with with the outside writer, uh, but thankfully that has not been the case. Um, it still feels very soulsy, where you're running around and you just find a person every now and then, and they speak pretty realistically about like you know their position that they're in, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, they they do. Uh, there is a little bit more to it, though. Are there or, recurring or, characters in these series, or like the universes are are they totally separate? Because like um, uh, one of the things I think of is like when I started streaming Dark Souls, like uh, I had our our buddy Melon in the in the chat was like everyone identified this one character in the very beginning who was dying. Like they knew his name, I didn't know his name, and I'm like, wait, this is the first Dark Souls game. Did this come from Shadow Tower or Kingsfield or whatever? I wasn't sure. Or maybe oh. like they maybe there's like a prequel or a series or something that happens in two or three that I'm unaware of. But I I was wondering if like the characters are contiguous to the actual games or like if it's totally separate universes. Uh, they are totally separate. There there are definitely a lot of hints and clues to um to like tie them together. Uh, like so darks. So one thing I'll say is so Demon Souls is one thing. And then I think officially, if you ask them, they'll say that uh, Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3 are a universe that is separate from Demon Souls, right? Like, Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, those are direct sequels, and uh, and they are in the same universe, right? However, they do take place in totally different places in totally different times, you know what I mean? So, like, you don't actually see the same characters in them. Unless it's something that's like a great heirloom, you know, that survived all this time and, and distance, you know what I mean? Huh. Like the like the Moonlight Greatsword, for example, would be something that is like, well, it survived all this time, you know? Kind of like, uh, I keep making this distinction, and I'm not sure why, but kind of like how Elder Scrolls uh, is the, all the same universe, but it's all separated by era, kind of. Yeah, yeah, like that. Uh, 
but um, you know, I, I I do think I feel like there's some stuff in the games though that does kind of tie even Demon Souls in and Bloodborne in and stuff. I I just don't know if they can legally do that because they're owned by different companies and stuff, you know. Uh, but I I think that there's a lot of winks to uh, winks and nudges to all of them being connected uh, more than just Dark Souls one, two, and three are. But anyway, though, so the official answer though is that is that. Uh, no, nah, no, nah, you know they're all their own thing. Um, so uh, the uh, I, I, the the other thing uh, with with Elden Ring right now is that um, the combat is taking a bit of getting used to because I mentioned that it sort of bridges the gap between Sekiro and Dark Souls, and the reason I say that is because there's a much greater emphasis on breaking your enemy's posture in Elden Ring. Uh, in Dark Souls, that's always been a thing you can do, um, but there's a greater emphasis on it. Like, in Sekiro, that's, like, what the whole game was about, you know? An enemy had a health bar and they had a posture bar, and if you could break their posture, you could instant kill bar? them. bar? Yeah. Like, it's like a... Okay, so when I think about that, I think about, like, in a fighting game, how you'll have, like, a guard bar, where if you block for so many hits, you're going to have, like, a meter that just goes down and it eventually breaks your guard. Is it something like that, or yes. is it... Okay. And when that happens, uh, like when you break the enemy's guard, you can instant kill them. In Sekiro, oh. this is. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that actually becomes what the game is all about because the other thing about Sekiro is that uh, the lower the enemy's health is, the slower their posture recovers. So it sort of mm. becomes a thing where it's Almost like, like a stamina bar. Uh, yeah, um, so, so in Sekiro, the whole flow becomes, when you hit the enemy, uh, if, if they block it, you do posture damage to them, if they don't block it, you do health and posture damage to them, you know? Huh. Um, and then when they attack you, you can block it, but if, uh, but if you parry it by blocking at the right time, that does posture damage to them when they're attacking, right? So the whole flow of Sekiro becomes like you do as much posture to them, damage to them as you can, uh, but also you're trying to get hits in to lower their health because if you lower their health, then their posture will recover more slowly. And eventually, once they get like, you know, a third down on health or something, if you're playing well enough, you'll break their posture at that point and just instant kill them, you know? And so you're saying um, in Sekiro and in Elden Ring, this is kind of more of a prominent feature. So in, yeah, in Elden Ring, they don't have a posture bar like they did in Sekiro, but there are more way, uh, you know, it, well, it's more like in, in Dark Souls, there was posture as well. Like if an enemy was blocking you and you just kept hitting their shield or something, eventually they would fall back, you know? Um, it's just, that is more, that's more prominent in Sekiro because, or sorry, that's more prominent in Elden Ring because they give you more tools that break the enemy's posture. So it's so it's yeah. so I it's, feel like I'd have to try this cuz this sounds like one of those things that's like a million things that happen in a small amount of time. Yeah. And <clears throat> it would be very up to like the game whether or not it wants to hold my attention span with that or if like do I just want to spam square every time or do I want to just like you know, actually figure out, okay, all right, he broke his posture or something from that angle. Therefore, I have to, like, uh, crouch roll this way, and then I can get a backstab in this way. Or he's like, 
How how much like how involved is it in the process? Is it a pain in the ass to deal with? Uh, I think it it it's more complicated, but <laughs> it feels really good when you use it properly. Uh, so let me put it to you this way: I'm fighting a boss, right? And he attacks me, and then he leaves openings where I can attack him. But not many openings, but, you know, I, and I do a little bit of damage when I hit him, right? Um, now, when he attacks you, you can dodge roll, or you can block it with your shield, right? But you can only block so many hits with your shield because it reduces your stamina, right? Uh, and that's fine. That's how Dark Souls works. You know, you can you dodge the enemy, and then you hit them when they're not hitting you. And that's kind of why I, I kind of got bored with Dark Souls, like at least visually and watching people play it and trying it myself, because it just felt like an endless cycle of roll stab, roll stab. You know? Right. So you can play Dark Souls that way. Um. Uh, and 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 uh. But so Elden Ring adds m- more emphasis on the on your poise, basically, or your your posture, to where. You have more tools where if you break your enemy's poise, they drop to their knee, and then you can get like a pay, like a repost style super attack on them, you know? Oh. And the way that you break their posture is by either um, doing like a jumping attack on them. So like you really have to like look for a, a good opening to give them mm. one of those without getting hit. Or they added a new, this is the newest feature, which is that if you do a power attack right after blocking an attack with your shield, it does a lot of posture damage. Um, Mm. It's called like a guard counter or something like that. But the thing is, you can't just do them willy-nilly because the enemies will, you'll block one hit and then you'll do your power attack and then you're out of stamina, you know, because like it takes a lot of stamina to block a hit and then do a power hit. Yeah. Uh, Oh, it takes stamina to block a hit too. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, And then, or also like sometimes the enemy just has a fast combo where they'll just hit you with their next attack before your attack hits them or that kind of thing. So it's But the main goal is to like get them to break their posture where they do this kneeling stance, right? And then you can kind of do a special finisher. Yeah. So like the, the play by play becomes this thing where like you have to recognize that when like you you should probably dodge roll certain attacks still because they follow them up quickly or that kind of thing but then there's certain attacks that they have more of an opening after they do and so you specifically want to shield block those so that then you can guard counter right and if you and if you pull enough of them off or use enough power attacks you know then you get these big bursts of damage uh, and it feels really good to pull it off you can just play it like Dark Souls still, where you can just two-hand your weapon, take off all your armor, roll through all the attacks and hit them. But like this other way is really involved and uh, and pretty cool, and is probably faster also um, because of the bursts of damage that you get. You know, uh, so yeah. So when you when you when you do that guard break thing, like when you break their posture. Do you get some kind of bonus? Is there like some kind of special kill? Do you take your chainsaw attachment and cut them from torso to head, shoulder, and you get a bunch of ammunition? Uh, it is very... It's basically exactly like when you parry an enemy in Dark Souls. Uh, Have you ever parried in Soul Calibur before? I don't know how, big, how much no. you played Soul Calibur. Okay, so in, at least in Soul Calibur 2, uh, the parry mechanic was at least with some well it was pretty much universal your character would attack with like a like a vertical so like okay so soul caliber your square is like horizontal 
uh, just like slashes and your triangle is your up, up and downs. Um, and then like, no matter what you do with a parry, it does this bright shining like this, like they really emphasize like the, like the, the sheen on the metal and the ring of the swords, like going in two different directions and then you go a certain way. And it's the most satisfying fucking parry mechanic in the game or in any game I've played ah. uh, dealing with weapons. But like, in what you're talking about, you're not necessarily talking about parrying, though, right? Uh, no, I, I, you know, I think that the word parry is technically not exactly right. In Dark mm. Souls, a parry is when you bash their weapon with your shield as they attack, right? Yeah, I remember being bugged by that. Yeah, because <laughs> so, it's a shield bash, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, right. A parry, I think, like very, very strictly, is when you block your enemy's weapon with your weapon. Uh, but specifically redirecting the force of their attack with your counterattack, I think, is what a parry really is. Yeah. So, so in Souls games, parry means when the enemy is attacking you, you time a shield bash to hit their yeah. weapon out of the way, and it makes this. Oh man! As far as satisfying parries go, it is. It makes this doo sound <laughs> when you do it, and and it's like the sound of fucking doom for your enemy, you know, because then you get a special animation, very powerful attack on them. They get the red fiery um, stun icon above their head, <laughs> or it, the blue fiery stun icon. So, in what is the blue fiery stun icon? Doom. In doom. Wait a minute. Pretty sure it's when you uh when when you knock an enemy unconscious and they're ready for a glory kill in Doom, they have that icon. Oh, okay. Are you specifically talking about Doom Eternal or 2016 at least? Oh, I thought they had like a whole glow, like the whole enemy glowed. Oh yeah, and they do. Really but like I'm thinking of the looking. icon. <laughs> oh, I don't even remember an icon. I just remember the big dumb I, I, glow. I also might be remembering something else because I've been playing a lot of uh, Warhammer 40k Space Marine lately. Oh, okay. And when when an enemy uses a stim pack, the icon that shows above your head looks exactly like the Doom 2016 uh, glory kill icon thing. Okay. To me, oh, gotcha. Opinion. Well, anyway, so basically, um, um, that's like a the the whole posture thing is like a more of a gameplay change from Souls games. And I, I guess my whole reason to bring it up is just the fact that, like, this game, it, it looks like it's the closest thing to a Souls game, or, or that it's much, well, it's much closer to Souls than it is Sekiro, right? Um, it looks a lot more is like Sekiro Dark Souls. not Souls? Uh, I mean, so, it's definitely a FromSoft game, right? <laughs> And uh, and it, it has a lot of soulsiness to it, right? Where where like I would say, yeah, it's a Souls game. I think Sekiro is yes, um, but it does do a lot of things different, you know. Uh, for example, you don't have stamina in Sekiro. Uh, you can sprint infinitely. You can block infinitely. You just have the posture to worry about instead. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it, it's different. But my point though is that like. So yeah, so Sekiro is a pretty big departure, even though it was still close enough. Uh, it was very different, and but a lot of the things that it did differently, Elden Ring feels like it's like the things that Sekiro did differently. They brought those into Dark Souls. Now you have Elden Ring. What's Plus the story also like for it's Elden like Breath Ring. of the Wild. The story, honestly, I have not gotten far enough in it to know anything <laughs> about the story yet. Damn. Um, you are a tarnished. Let me try to remember. You're a tarnished. There's something about the two fingers. 
something about maidens and like you have no maidens uh, that's all i've seen <laughs> that is what it is yeah you're maidenless um <laughs> uh and you there's five badasses in the world that you're probably gonna have to fight um to do something i really do don't you play a knight you look like you play a knight well you're you're a tarnished right which oh, is okay kind of like a zombie i don't i don't really know though really? I, I don't oh. even well, I only say that because in Dark Souls you're an undead, you know, and this seems kind of similar to that, but I'm not actually sure. Uh, I really don't know what the story is yet, um, but that, I mean, that's basic FromSoft stuff for you too, where a lot of the time in FromSoft games you kind of have no fucking clue what's happening <laughs> until, like, you play through it a second time or watch a bunch of YouTube videos. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've just been doing a whole bunch of side stuff. Uh, yeah, there was one more very important element I wanted to bring up. I don't exactly. What, so, okay, like, what's the universe? Like, you start off as a tarnish. What does that mean? You're, you're this knight dude, and what's the goal? Uh, well, that's what I was telling you. Is that uh, so? They they introduced these five like super badasses and i think i have to kill them but i don't even remember anymore dude i'm so caught up in this in the <laughs> exploration that i forgot what the game is about because the gameplay is too good you know Damn. what i mean um and like and 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 you know i talk about like plot and motivation being so important in games but it's because right now i'm motivated by a boss i want to be able to beat you know i don't even know who he is uh, right, but like the gameplay is so good that uh, that my motivation is I want to beat the boss. You know, um, I'm gonna bring it back to Elder Scrolls here. Um, this sounds a lot like me when I first, I to this day I have not beaten Oblivion, but Oblivion was the game that got me to go. All right, Elder Scrolls is a thing I'm into now because I tried I tried Morrowind before that, and I got I bought the Game of the Year edition for Xbox, which was really buggy and crashed all the time, and I gave up because of the stupid fucking like, cliff racers, cliff cliff racers. Anyway, but uh, this game, Oblivion, I didn't even care about the plot. I was so enamored by this may date me a little bit how good the fucking graphics were. I was mind blown by like the ability that I could just explore a forest in any like open world sense. Like, holy shit. I saw pictures of the game in a magazine. There was like a chapel just in the countryside. And I was like, video games are never going to look better than this. Mm -hmm. And now, of course, you look back at Oblivion now, you're like, what the fuck was you talking about? But when I was in there, I couldn't care about the story at all. Like, yeah, it was cool. There was demon portals and shit opening up everywhere. But like, I wanted to just be in Tamriel. I just wanted to explore the countryside. Yeah, and that's that's totally where I'm at with this game right now. Is is I'm just I'm soaking in all of like the visual, like environmental storytelling of what the world is like, you know. Uh, but as far as like what the plot is, I I've I've totally lost track. Um, but yeah, the la uh, and and so kind of the last thing I wanted to bring up is that. Um, in the exploration of the open world, one thing I've noticed is that FromSoft is very... Have you ever played a game and you were like, didn't they test this game and realize that this is a huge pain in the ass? You know? <laughs> Sonic 06. Um, this game... 
feels like they did test it and listened to every piece of feedback from the testers and from it's the just, QA team. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just a real joy to play, like as far as the way that it just it constantly the, the controls, how they feel is so good. Uh, because one thing that Souls games have always been a little silly with is the idea of jumping and like traversing uh, like across gaps or up and down and that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like FromSoft games have always felt good. Well, and when I say FromSoft games, what I mean is Miyazaki FromSoft games. Um, they've always Miyazaki. What what other games has he done with FromSoft? Well, he started with Demon Souls, right? Well, he started with something else that nobody is cared he the about. Souls guy? Yeah. Like is okay. Yeah. So I wouldn't have anything to relate to him if I didn't play a Souls game before. Yeah, because like he he started out working on something with FromSoft. You know, he got a job there doing uh, uh doing something right. But he was really interested in like medieval fantasy, right? And he was hearing about this this Kingsfield uh, reboot project that was going on, but apparently it wasn't going very well, you know. And he was like, mm, I, mm, that sounds cool. I like fantasy, you know." <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, the, the very briefly, the story goes that, um, after he did like a good job with his project that they gave him, uh, he, you know, really wanted to direct or, or, you know, get control of the, the, the failing Kingsfield project, you know? And they were like, all right, yeah, sure. That project is like dead in the water right now. So go ahead, take over. Right. And then he took it and made it into demon souls and then demon souls came out and it's the best thing ever right and <laughs> then he directed dark souls and holy shit now they've exploded and now he's actually the the president of FromSoft, i think oh uh, wow so yeah uh huge like in that's a ladder yeah um um and which i i got is just something that i really like too just the way that like that means that 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 company is now operated by somebody who uh you know, was at the lowest level at one point, you know, and yeah. worked up through success, uh, and, and, and being the man, you know, who, who has the ideas. Right. Um, and, and so, uh, where, where, where the hell is I going with this? <laughs> um, I, I just think it, it, it probably speaks a lot to the quality of their games that the guy who's running the company knows how to make a game knows how to design a game and is still designing them and that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, Nintendo's been doing that for a while, I think. Yeah. Like, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto has been, been upper Nintendo for the longest time now. Right. Um, so anyway, though, so, so what I was saying is that, uh, the, the Miyazaki FromSoft games have always felt pretty good the way that you move around for the most part. Um, because like they're games, they're games that prioritize your controls over the animation. You know what I mean? Like when you climb something in Assassin's Creed or Uncharted or something, it's very rigid, you know, and the game really wants the animation of the character to look good, sometimes at the expense of your controls. You know what I mean? It's why like sometimes you try to turn your character around and they make this really wide turn, you know, because it's like they want the animation of the character to look realistic 
right? And Souls games haven't really done that, right? You just thinking like Nathan Drake's arm stretching on like fucking dalsum levels of length to actually reach a yellow brick. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm just saying that like an uncharted when you try to do like uh, when you try to like take cover or 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 turn you know like make tight turns and that kind of stuff. Um, the game like prioritizes it looking good, and that makes it feel more sluggish. Uh, but Souls games have never really done that, right? They, 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 you know, when they have to look a little silly, they just look a little silly for the for the for the gameplay to feel good. However, where they get a little wonky is with like falling off of ledges and stuff like that. Like when you get close to a ledge, and it's almost like Castlevania One, where you just drop like a sack of shit off oh. the side of the edges, you know, and stuff like, like that. Like the block that you're standing on is actually a triangle. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You know, Souls games have they they've done that a little bit, you know, or like there's never really been until Sekiro a proper jump button. It's more just like a dodge roll that has a little bit more distance to it you know and so like jumping over gaps in souls games has always been really weird even though they always expect you to do it you know terrifying uh, actually yeah if you're not used to it you always dive right the fuck off right right so elden ring has a jump button uh like sekiro did they just added a proper jump to it but it feels really good like, oh. in this game, the f- slipping off of edges and that kind of stuff is just gone. That's not an issue anymore. And the the world is constructed with a lot more ability to where there's, like, a lot of little platforms that kind of make steps up rocks and stuff, you know? Because, like, as you're exploring, you're in a more open environment. So there might be a path that goes up a cliff or the cliff itself has a bunch of rocks and stuff that you can kind of jump and climb up. And it, it, it sounds so basic um, to say it's just really refreshing in a FromSoft game uh, because of the way that things have been so slippery in the past, like I was saying, it feels really nice to be able to just jump up these rocks and like it feels very good and solid and fluid and it looks a little silly, but that's because they don't care so much. Oh my God, I was playing Tomb Raider for the first time the other day and it's like <laughs> when you press the jump button. Wait, which one? The first one for PS1. Okay. When you press the jump button for for uh, as you're running forward, she doesn't just jump. She like the game has leaps. Well, the game has to wait until she plants her next foot down so that she can jump off of her foot. You know what I mean? So it looks good. And that's exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about where it's like the animation is prioritized in a way that makes the controls yeah. clunky and sluggish. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And Elden Ring, it's really nice that it's just like it the jumping looks a little silly maybe, but it feels really good. And How does it look silly? Uh just cuz I, you know, it's just a dude jumping around. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um <laughs> so you're just judging the fact that a guy is jumping in general. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and like, okay. you know, he's, he's doing a running animation and now all of a sudden it's a hook, you know, jump off both of his legs, you know, whatever, you know. Uh, but the thing that's really nice about this though also is that it extends to the horseback riding because it sounds funny to just say, oh wow, from, you know, it makes it sound shitty the Souls games to say like, wow, FromSoft finally made just the, the walking around feel good. Um... But I really specifically, though, I mean the jumping. Uh, But what's funny is that so they made the jumping feel really good. But 
at the same time, they also made the horseback riding feel better than any other game that I've rode, rode a horse in. Better than Barbie uh, Horse Wild Horse Adventure? I, had, I haven't played that one. Okay. But <laughs> we'll, we'll talk. Here's the thing. In, whenever when I think about riding a horse in a video game, I think of it as like a giant pain in the ass that's barely <laughs> worth it. Because wow. like they refuse to run into walls, they refuse to get anywhere near ledges, you know, and that How kind of dare thing. They. You know what I'm talking about though? This living creature having a sense of self preservation. Yeah, Fuck in that. my video game, dude. Ugh. Like here's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You're trying to ride a horse in a game and it keeps stopping dead in its fucking tracks because there's a <laughs> ledge nearby somewhere that it doesn't want to run off of. And you're like, okay, let me just and it's a big pain to fucking turn the thing over because again the animation's got to look really good of the horse so he's got to pull the fucking what what do you call the reins the reins you got to pull the reins to pull the horse's head sideways so it can slowly turn and then we got to slowly kick up speed to get back up to oh but now it's stopping again because you turned too much and there's a thing over there and it's like suddenly you're going it's like god damn I would have gotten there faster on foot because of this stupid horse, right? <laughs> or like also, oh man, but in Elden Ring, when you're riding a horse, it just feels like the character, but is faster. It just feels so good. Like you just push a direction on the stick and the horse starts running in that direction. And get this, here's the other thing about horses in video games, is that ever since fucking Ocarina of Time, you can never tell your horse to jump, can you? Right? They always have to jump on their own. So it's like, alright, I'm gonna start running fucking full speed at this wall, just hoping that the horse is gonna jump over it, because it's gonna decide to, because that's how they made the video game, because every video game does it this way. Nah, in Elden Ring, you have a jump button on your horse. Your horse can even fucking double jump, dude. That's how good it is. So, what the fuck? Yeah, dude, it's great. Also, it's a spectral horse, so you just it 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 works like a mount in a in an MMO, you know, where it just <laughs> appears when you want it, you know. It's like I want to get on my horse now. Boop, I'm on my horse now. I want to get off. Boop, horse disappears. You know what I mean? Because it's a. Sp There's a lot of uh, of of not preserving real kind of animations here for the sake of actually just you know good gameplay. I guess yes, is what you're saying. The horse feels so smooth and so fluid it's so good i love it even the combat on the horse feels good like sometimes yeah. you can like it's fun dude like and this is another part of the immersion and what i'm talking about where it's like remember what game trailers want us to think that games are like before we play them you know it's like this is the game that actually plays that way where it's like here's a dude with a sword and a shield but if i'm on my horse i can just like run in circles around him you know and just hit him from the horse and he's like turning around all confused he doesn't know what the fuck to do because i keep running past him on a horse and getting him you know it's awesome uh and yeah, yeah. you're you're uh you're you're playing the game 
that Tom Du Bois's artwork on the front of your Nest cartridge is like, yeah, <laughs> and it's exactly like the painting, is what you're saying. Yeah, like so. I this I just can't stress it enough. Like when you're playing the game, the the controls and the gameplay is so smooth and fluid. It's the. Sp- I hope his name is Tom Du Bois. Sorry, <laughs> I, I'm I'm sure I just fucked up his name, but Du Bois is what I remember. Yeah, I mean, let me just like sum it all up to say that like the controls, it like it, it's it's the Dark Souls game that we all love already, plus extra fluidity and niceness to the controls. Like, it feels extra good, better than ever, right? Plus, there's horseback shit that feels really good. So, like, it all just is very... Oh, also, you can fast travel to any bonfire from anywhere. You actually have a map, because there's an open world that's new to Dark Souls, right? Um, you just You can just open a map, and from the map, you can just go to any bonfire, right? Um, and this is the th- kind of thing I mean when I say, like, the it's it's like the testers said the game should be a certain way and they made it that way, right? Um, also, uh, weapon durability is gone. There's no such thing as weapon durability Thank in God. this game. Fuck, I hate weapon durability. I don't like it when it's done wrong and almost every game does it wrong. It's done wrong when it's included in the game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fuck specifically, that. my least favorite thing is like how Dark Souls does it, where it's like, here's your sword, here's all the stats for it. By the way, it's got 30 durability. What does that mean? Uh, it means that after like mm, four hours, this thing is going to randomly break and screw you if you don't remember to repair it every time you sit down. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's no point to that. It's bo- it's pointless to have to repair your equipment if it's going to take like four hours for it to break. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, Just like World of Warcraft. Just like you said a second ago, we're talking about the mounts being like the World of Warcraft mounts. World of Warcraft mounts, you're just, you, you as the player are the mount. Your movement speed is just increased because it's just a buff spell with an animation and a, and a model thrown in. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. Um, Instead of like Oblivion or or uh, Skyrim, where if you're horseback and you jump, you kind of have to wait a couple seconds for the horse to go, oh, okay, here's where we're jumping. Yeah, and yeah. And then you just kind of follow, you're literally on uh, along for the ride. Totally. So, so it's got all this gameplay shit that I really like, where it's just a, a joy to play, but then at the same time, the atmosphere is so good, where, like, the variety of shit that you run into as you just walk around is insane, you know? Like, you're walking around, and it's, like, all of the different types of areas that you're in, all of the different types of, like, monsters that you're seeing and running into and interacting with are all so different and interesting right and then like you know i got to one area that was like i i had well i left right away because it was intimidating but like it, it it was a complete departure from the area that i was in already you know as far as what it looked like and then i got to another place that was also a total departure from everywhere that i've seen so far visually kind of like a world of warcraft is like a patchwork map of different colors yeah. and you instantly know you shouldn't be here yeah yeah uh um and and uh and so um, and then, yeah, when you get into those actual dungeons, you know, like the catacombs and caves that I mentioned, but there's also like a castle level, right? Like where you're going through a castle and, you know, going from room to room and, and, and just like the, li- the atmosphere and the little 
moment-to-moment gameplay of the, of these places is so good as well. There was this time where this like mo- this ugly fucking like like uh, I don't even know what to describe him as. It was it was like a grem like a feathery flying a gremlin thing, right? It was flying. It was the first flying enemy that I've seen, and he was flying and like shooting a bow at me. And I was like, this motherfucker. I I I barely have any range stuff. I haven't been doing much range stuff, you know, and and. But he's so annoying, right? And we're on the top of a castle, you know? And so eventually I was like, wait a second, there's a jump button. So I just ran at him and jumped and hit him, you know? And it actually worked. Like, I I was getting so annoyed by him shooting this shit at me. Also, he's shooting feathers at me, you know? Uh, like, like, a, like straight feathers, you know? And you know the quill of a feather? Is that what you call it? The part that sticks into the bird? The pointy part? Right? Yeah, the pointy yeah. part. That's like the point of his arrows. He's shooting these things at me. So I have these, like, big fucking feathers sticking out of me, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this motherfucker, right? So I just jumped straight at him and hit him with my sword. <laughs> and, it, and he went, fuck, he went flying. Like... He went over the wall of the castle and fell all the way down and died. And I was like, oh, my God, that was so perfect. You know, like it was just, (laughs) oh, it was just like the ultimate retribution, you know. Um, Just imagining a a pissed off dash covered in feathers. Right, yeah, because like all the other enemies weren't flying, you know, but they were the same type of dude. And they're really hard and they're already annoying because like they they do this thing where like you hit them twice and then they do like a counterattack. And it was super annoying because I kept getting hit by it. Um, you know, so I was already annoyed by these enemies, you know, and then like this flying one was just so annoying, right? So just the act of jumping at him and hitting him and it working so spectacularly was just like, ooh, I love those moments, you know. Um, but then the other thing about it, though, speaking of, I wanted just to talk about the gameplay element before was that I realized, oh, you hit these guys twice, then you block so that they hit you, your shield with their counterattack, and then you do that fucking guard counter on them, and oh, it's all, oh, I get it now, you know what I mean? And like, oh, the combat is so good. Big brain shit. So yeah, um... Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that uh, everybody giving this game a 10 out of 10, like, I get it. It's this, this is like, this is like some next gen fucking shit, this game, you know? Do you recommend it on a specific platform? That's a really good question because a lot of the discussion about it right now has been how the PC version is not running super hot. I've heard that. Um, I definitely get, so I'm running on PC. Uh, I have a 2070 Super is my um, nice. is my GPU, and then my CPU is a bit older. It's an i7, like 4900K or something. Your specs are so much better than my streaming machine. Um, <laughs> well, so so uh, what I'll say under those specs is that it hitches. Uh, you know, the open when when I'm indoors, the game runs perfectly like a dream. When I'm in the open world, it runs mostly fine. Uh, there are frame hiccups every now and then, and then sometimes if I'm sprinting around, every once in a while it will drop to 30 FPS or so for like a half a second, right? 
which sounds like nothing, but it's like it's really noticeable when it happens. You know, it's like I'm so I'm so spoiled now that 30 frames a second is trash. Yeah, man. So, I hate right, it. <laughs> right, and 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 the thing is, like when it's when you're when you're zooming around at 60 minus a couple frame hitches here and there, and then like yeah, it goes to 30 for like a half a second. It feels pukey for a half a second, you know, and you're just like ooh, right, and then you're back, right, and it's like oh, and this is on PC. Why is or that PS5? happening? This is on PC. Um, okay. I haven't heard any issues whatsoever about the PS5 version, so... You're playing PS5, aren't no, you? No, I'm playing on PC. Really? That's why oh. I told you my PC specs! Uh, yeah, but you have to tell me your PC spec. Okay, never mind. So, Go. I'm, uh, so anyway, I'm, I, so I'm playing the PC version, and, uh, and, and it's, like, I think it, it's fine, right? I wish it ran a little bit better, and I hope that they patch it soon with maybe some improvements or something, uh, right? It'll be nice when it's better. It'll also be nice five years from now when I have a new setup, right? When I've upgraded, and then the game runs perfectly, right? Um, so that's the thing. But, yeah, if you're worried about that, then I would say maybe get maybe get the PS5 version. Uh, but you If know, you have one. If you, if you have one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it out for? It's for Xbox too, right? I I do I I just don't know. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be because the PC yeah. version is giving me Xbox button prompts, so I can only imagine okay. it's on Xbox. But I just don't know anything about Xbox. I hate I hate that too, man. That's one thing that bugs me about PC gaming is I if I have a controller in, especially my fight stick, man. My fight stick came notated with xbox and playstation 4 you know just playstation controls uh in the, in the in the overlay obviously i changed the overlay for a different artwork but like whenever i'm playing a game on pc like fighting game wise it's almost always on pc um it'll give me xbox notation yep so it's like x a b what the fuck is that when i'm wondering already which ones are you know square x and triangle yeah it's like I hate I hate the uh, the whole X Y A B thing because it's so convoluted now with the switch and all that shit. Yeah. So Death Stranding on PC and Persona 4 Golden on PC have an option in the options that say, "What would you like the control layout to be displayed as?" Right, and it lets mm. you choose PlayStation style or A B X Y style or even in the case of Persona 4 Golden Switch style. Uh, it lets you just pick, and wow. every PC game should do that. <laughs> just let you, just let us pick, you know. Um, so yeah, I agree. Yeah, but uh, but there you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, this uh, Elden Ring is it, it's it's some shit, dude. Uh, like it's I I I I really think that this this is like the game that people like. It's like. When people say that they like open world games and they want games to be open world, I feel like this is kind of the game that like they think they're getting when they say that. What do you, you know think of mean? when you think of open world? Well, the cynical side of me thinks, oh, it's going to be the bullshit that I mentioned before, right? It's going to be Assassin's Creed or Infamous or Horizon, where um, where like even if even if the some of the gameplay is fun, just the way that they handle the map and the side objectives objectives and and uh and the world design in general uh is going to be boring and stupid and i'm going to get really sick of it and never finish it right but um there's also a difference between sandbox and open world right i guess so yeah um because i think of uh, sandbox well, i know you didn't bring up sandbox but i'm thinking about it because i was thinking about grand theft auto 
I think Grand Theft Auto is a good example of a game that I guess people would call open world, but well, at least in the earlier ones, you don't actually get to explore the open world unless you do certain amounts of plot. <clears throat> yeah, like in like in Vice City, you can't even cross that bridge to go to the other second part of the map until you do a certain amount of the plot. And I guess would you call that a sandbox game? I'm I'm not sure, but yeah, I guess it's both. Um, uh, the, is Elden Ring that kind of way? Uh, well, it's gated, but from what I can tell, if there uh, the the one the one area that I have not been able to get to so far is because I can't beat the boss standing in the way, not because gotcha. uh, not because of like a, a other type of progression. Um, yeah. So actually. Uh, so the other open world thing that I worry about, and actually I'm glad you asked this because this was also my other piece of like worry. Remember when I was talking about how Dark Souls is a web earlier, and I like yeah. that because it means that you're all your pathway is always point A to point B, as opposed to just like walking straight there. Um, like the other game that went open world and I really didn't like it was Metal Gear Solid Five where it's like all of the bases in the game are spread out in an open map, which means like the game's objectives, unlike normal Metal Gear Solid, it's no longer like how do I get from point A to point B through this handcrafted, interestingly designed level that's got guards in it and places I can crawl and that kind of stuff, right? That's fun. But when it's an open world and the base is just in the middle of nowhere... You know, the objective is just going to be get to the middle of the base, right? Because the guy is going to be in there, so he's going to be in the middle, right? And I can go in from any angle, which sounds cool to sell to somebody. You can go in from yeah. any direction you want, except all that means is that it's boring. Because none of yeah, them are interesting. I was going to say, because that limits, that limits the narrative so much. Like it's, On a technical level, if you can approach... Okay, like think about it like a first-person shooter's perspective. If uh, if I was going to approach, say, like a shack um, in a Call of Duty level, and like I was walking up to it, and I could approach it from any any angle, all the windows are like you know, say you could shoot through the windows, uh, and my objective is inside. I could go at that from every angle possible, but that limits the amount of narrative that the game is allowed to tell you, because if it's trying to give you the, I guess we could call it bandwidth to say uh these are all the range of actions that the player can take right here to interact with this you know boss or whatever um well then we have to account that the game uh won't fuck up the camera angle when we engage so it's like well now we have to account for are we going to teleport the player to here to start this cutscene if there's a cutscene here or are we going to have uh the, the player outside the shack still when the, the cutscene initiates there's a lot of different things that they uh could avoid problem wise uh by just funneling you in a certain direction yeah and then just have it there. And then from a gameplay perspective, you know, it really limits the game designer's ability to set forth a specific challenge for the player. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like uh, every every room in Metal Gear Solid that you have to run through feels different and has a specific layout of guards and stuff to uh, to try to get through, right? But every base in Metal Gear Solid Five feels exactly the same 
because you know the you, they can't direct the player into the challenge and so um and so all of that is lost uh and so i was worried about that with elden ring right I was worried that the web, that that's why I think the web of Dark Souls is so genius, where the game is open and you can go anywhere, but actually getting there is a point A to point B path that the level designers have created to be fun, you know, and Elden Ring might lose that. And it is true that Elden Ring is a lot more just wandering around an open space that has different uh, interesting things and each interesting thing that you find you're approaching from a different angle. Um, but it hasn't had that problem to me because... Uh, just like the the atmosphere and the different things that I'm finding are all so cool that it just works. But also there's there's individual dungeons as well, you know. Whenever you do I mean there there are a lot of areas that funnel in, right? Like like uh like a canyon, you know, between two mountains or something. Like there's a thing in there, right? You can only get in there from one direction, right? And so that's gonna be more specifically designed. Uh or just yeah, the way that they've constructed the world, it ha it does have a lot more like specific pathways for you to go through. And then also there's stuff like the caves, the catacombs, the castles, like I was talking about, where when you're in those places, you're going through in a specific way, you know? Uh so yeah, it's still it, it it solves those problems well enough for me so far. Yeah, I was gonna say when you're when you're talking about the caverns earlier, I was like, I think about these like TikToks I've been watching of these these cavers who just squeeze through entirely way too tight spaces, mm -hmm. and you know take the camera along the way, and you know for the cameraman it's the most hair raising fucking like claustrophobic kind of feeling with it. And I'm just wondering. If uh, if a cave experience in a video game is meant to narrow the path to the next objective, what would it be like if the cave were obviously? Well, I guess I'm really answer. It'd be kind of fucking boring. But I feel like a cave uh, could really play on that kind of fear. Like you could have multiple paths in a cave, but it doesn't go anywhere. And actually, that could be what could play play on your fear. It's like you know, you squeeze into the tiniest fucking space and then find out you're upside down. Uh, and you can't squeeze, but you have to go back because it's a dead end, you know? Mm -hmm. If you're, like, in an area where if you breathe the wrong way, you'll get stuck from being compressed in place, that kind of fear is what I'd love to see in a video game. Mm -hmm. But I guess for now, we're just using them as plot devices. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. This isn't a caving game as far as that kind of yeah, stuff no, goes. No. Uh, but I bet it's like you were trying to introduce a level of horror into the game, yeah, yeah. so to speak. But yeah, one thing that I keep thinking about is that, um, uh, and this is why I, this is actually specifically why I brought up like the trailer thing is that do you remember when Capcom showed a game called Deep Down before the no. I think it was before the PS4 came out before definitely they wouldn't have uh, before the PS4 came out Capcom showed a game called Deep Down that looked a lot like they were going for a soulsy kind of atmosphere uh, but it was very atmospheric like in a cave um, and they really wanted you to feel like the dread of the cave, right? Like, oh, the, the, the going by torchlight and there's a dragon at the end of the cave who's shooting fire at you, uh, at the end of the trailer. And he's like blocking the fire with the, with the shield and oh, fuck, you know, and it's like deep down, right? Um, and I just feel like this game is, this game kind of did it <laughs> with like the way that it feels to be in the caves in this game and, and uh, go. Did it go to launch? Um, I, I've never heard of it. No, that game. it never came out. 
Uh, oh, it okay. might have been. It might have turned into Dragon's Dogma at some point, but I'm not sure. Oh. <laughs> Wait, Dragon's. Never mind. Dragon's Dogma was a PS3 game. I don't know anything about it. I've heard the name though. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, PS3 is an era that I just almost entirely skipped. Right. Right. Gaming wise. Well, um, that's that's about what I have for for Elden Ring because it's and you don't even know the story. That's yet. what I'm saying, dude. It's like, yeah, they established a story where they threw a bunch of fucking terminology at me, you know, and I was like, okay, George, right? And uh, and then you know, so uh, and then it was gameplay right after that, right? And the first boss that I ran into, I couldn't beat, so I just started exploring, and I'm still exploring. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, that's as long as you're having fun doing it. You oh, know? dude, it's 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 really really. Why good. didn't you go with the PS5 version though? I'm I'm curious. I just get games on PC when I can. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've heard I've heard Souls games are like meant to be played with a controller. Oh, I'm playing with a controller. Okay. Well, interesting. P- I I mean I. Are you the kind of person that prefers to own things uh, physically, though? So, yeah, that kind of thing is weird. I I do like physical copies of things, but um, PC is a little different with Steam. I don't know. Like, uh, uh, something about Steam. I I feel like, okay, when I think of owning physical media for PC, um, I think of back when we had, like, serial numbers and... uh, and like it was like you had to put the yeah. you had to put the game into the product keys yeah and then you had to put the game in and you had to install the game and then the whole game is on your computer but then you have to have the disc in the system anyway like just to authenticate that you have it even though the files are on your some computer. games were like right. that yeah Battlefield Two is and, like that I fucking hated so, it yeah like all that kind of stuff made it so that when Steam came out it was like whoa this is so much easier you know it downloads the game and installs it at the same time it patches it for you what you know like all of that was so new that i'm just totally okay. bought into the steam universe as far as pc goes um but then but you so you, so you consider dark souls or, or i guess you consider this game a pc game. yeah if a game re- re- launches like simultaneously on pc and on a next gen or a new gen system then yeah it's essentially a pc game right because the new that's an interesting take i I don't know that i agree with that at all oh yeah (laughs) well the new gen system or the new gen systems also i mean they feel like uh they're pcs yeah for sure uh, let me put it to you this way dark souls was a ps3 game but i can still just play it on pc you know i played on ps4 right so you'd have to like get it on PS. I I have it on PS3 though. So I'd have to buy it on yeah. PS4 to play it on PS4. I'd have to buy yeah, it on saying, PS5 like you... to play it on PS5. But the PC version, you know, I it's just good forever. Well, okay, so absolutely. If you're talking about the same game, yeah. absolutely. If you want to, if you know that you're going to be playing that same game, then sure, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I would never buy, uh, for instance, like. Um, when when I and my girlfriend were playing Overwatch pretty heavily, she also bought it on Switch to play like when she was at work. And that game runs like dog shit on Switch compared to PC. So I was like, why would you ever want to do that? And it's just like, because we have it on PC, it's going to run better. It's like, I, I understand the use, ca- use case because it's like for Nintendo Switch, it's a mobile thing. There's a whole other aspect there. But like if if she were to buy it on console as well, I would just be like, what's the point? So for that, I totally get it. 
But when it comes to something like a, a Souls game, like a Dark Souls game where it's like, this is just the established narrative single player mostly game that you're probably going to play, you know, um, I'd rather just have it in my hands. Yeah. You know? Like it's like, yeah, it's for PC. It, it, I would not want to buy it on PS4 and then on PS5 if I wanted to play it again. Absolutely. I, I totally get that. But if I was going to get into a game for the first time, I would buy it for the console. If it was available on the console, only really strong precondition. Only if I knew the console ran it just as well as like the PC could run. Obviously PC is always going to run it better, but like, if there's a major performance difference, uh, then I'm going to go PC every time mm-hmm. because that's just easier to optimize for yeah. me. Um, I mean, but like it, if the, if, if the experience is the same, I'm going to want to have it physically every time. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I, like I, I totally get that. And, uh, if steam ever goes down and I lose access to all my steam games, that will be a gigantic kick in the balls. Right. Uh, yeah. but you know, oh well, well. Steam is a much better uh, basket to place your eggs in than the Nintendo eShop. Yeah, we 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 noted that we've noticed that immediately because Steam is always the PC platform. It's never going. There's not going to be a PC too, right? So it's like we. I think you know, digital game owners. I think Steam's a lot safer to place your bets in, but just in general, uh, I don't know. I, I, it feels like a console experience to me. The Dark Souls. Yeah, and one thing I could say too is that like, uh, if you it, you could get it on PS5 right now, and then when PlayStation Six comes out, well, then the PC version will probably be like twenty bucks or something, right? If you want, if you want to play it again, then just get it on PC. <laughs> then the, the then it'll release the uh, the the game of the year edition. Mm-hmm. That's like, the, or the ten year anniversary edition that has additional content that you can't play if you don't have the if you just have the original game. You have to buy the upgraded edition. Mm-hmm. Drawing, of course, another parallel to the Elder Scrolls series. Apparently, there is a whole other fucking version of Skyrim out there that I had no idea existed. Because uh, there's like a new HD Skyrim out there that's like the base game. Then I'm just like, what the fuck, man? Oh, yeah. And it's like, there's DLC I can't play mm-hmm. because I don't own the, the fucking, you know, 1.5 version of the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 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 that, that, that kind of thing pisses me off. But luckily, it's rarer for now. So Yeah. Well, I that's about all I have to say about Elden Ring. I went on for a while about it, though. But I, it's, it's, I mean, it's the neck. It's. It's big. It's really good. Um, it's the bees. It's funny because yeah, like at first when I couldn't beat that boss, I was just like I was I was struggling. I was feeling like I was feeling down because I was like I I'm I'm having trouble getting into this game, you know, because like it's just a brick wall, and I I was feeling weird about it. Like like hang on, like it's just I I can't get anywhere, you know. And then <laughs> and then I realized like hang on, this is what the game wants me to do. It's by they design. want me to go prepare <laughs> and oh shit okay now I just I I'm super into it can't get enough of it <laughs> I wish I could contribute but I am such a not Souls player mm-hmm. so you I'm, played Dark Souls like one time what was your experience with it two times uh, it, going into the hub world um, figuring out the combat a little bit better having a whole lot of fun kiting a lot of enemies to one area then killing them all in one swoop nice. Uh, Doing that, playing with the physics of knocking people off cliffs, that part was pretty fun when I came back to it. Um, but there's just there's still something about that game that just there's nothing there for me. Like nothing's pulling me through it. I uh, gotcha. 
nothing's like getting i i guess for me it's weird because like the story is what you said earlier it's like you're you're this undead thing and i guess because there's not a lot there in the beginning it's just this vague sad music and you're in this weird liminal liminal space of a universe of a castle and everyone's sad and you're kind of a ghost and that dude's a ghost and now ow that hurts a whole lot now i'm dead well well okay that's that game i guess Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, ever since Demon Souls, yeah, they've always had a very somber, sad, tired atmosphere. You know, tired is a really good uh, way to describe. Yeah, it, like yeah. like the um the, there's usually a feeling like the world has been in st- sort of a stasis for a long time. You know, like ever after something terrible. Yeah, happened, and everything's yeah. just kind of dragging out now. You know, um, and I I I really I think that's a really neat atmosphere. But uh, I like that only if things are incredibly like things are visually like fucked up. Mm. Um, and I don't mean in like a morbid sense. I mean, like uh, one of the coolest things I thought was playing the shitty ass conquest mode in, in Mortal Kombat Deception where they were trying to explain the realms and the like the universe, the hub world in between and etc you know there's the earth realm nether realm etc yada yada there's chaos realm there's order realm but when you go to when you go to chaos realm dude it's like a it's like this place is just made of of of, of a planet that once collided with something and you're kind of living in this like you know zen from half-life like this asteroid kind of plane you're living in this like weird thing where there are buildings and there are shapes that don't make sense and like plants that fold and and go into the ground and there's this island over here where gravity doesn't actually happen and then over here gravity is super strong and there's like there's a whole lot to take in about your environment those are the ones that i love to explore we're like this is so fucking beyond weird i have to know what's going mm-hmm. on if it's just like just like the sad cliffside i'm like oh i guess i'm uh I guess I feel, like, I feel like I'm playing a movie, and I don't feel like the main character, but I'm the main character, you know? It's like uh, there's not a lot, I guess, cr- you know, aside from the giant fucking crow, that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. You know, I like crows. Crows are cool. And, you know, other than that, I was like, eh, what's 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 going on right yeah, now? Yeah, a big part of what's really cool in uh, in like Dark Souls 1 is I think all the boss fights, like uh, the, the enemies that you fight as bosses are all really sweet. Yeah. Um, Bosses like bosses that are challenging, and you have to figure out what to do to beat them. Yeah, I, I see that because that was kind of like the main challenge that everyone was having. Yeah, was bosses, and right? also they look cool. Uh, but uh, so I, I I would say you mentioned earlier that you were getting a little sick of like rolling and hitting, and then rolling and then hitting. Uh, were you were you using that shield? I wasn't rolling and hitting because that's not the kind of way I like to play. I was using a shield and a mace, and I was having fun uh, doing what we were talking about earlier with uh, what they call the parry. Yeah. You know, that's that's satisfying well, and fun. Well, all right, that's there you go. probably kept me going forward a little bit. Good. I'm just um, making sure you dod- weren't like being bullied into not using a shield, right? Because I think, oh, no, I think yeah. the shield and parrying is really fun. So anytime that someone is like, you're having, because this is, this is the thing about Souls games, is that like, this is the thing where like people have literally told me you're having less fun using a shield, you know? And I'm and it's, oh, it's just not true. 
Well, yeah, um, we, we got someone in chat talking about the what I was talking I was talking about the Dark Souls series. So I haven't tried Elden Ring. Um, Dash here seems to think Elden Ring's ex- universe is like very much uh, expanding in front of you and, and, and fun stuff to do and lots of stuff to explore. So I don't know. It, it seems like it might be a, a Souls game that I might enjoy. I, I don't know. I just remember when Sekiro came out. You know the game Ghosts of Tsushima? Mm-hmm. I thought that Sekiro was that game for the longest time. Mm. And I was like, holy shit, this is that badass game that everyone's been talking about. I can't wait to see it. And when I started watching people play Sekiro, I was like, I'm not getting all those cool, like visual, like cinematic scenes that that the game I thought was going to be had. This doesn't have it. And then I realized Ghost of Tsushima was a totally different Sekiro game. <laughs> has tons of awesome cinematic shit in it though. Like all the bosses. Not look- from what I saw. All right, all right. I didn't see a whole lot of it. I'm not, I'm not saying it doesn't have it. I'm just saying I didn't. When I saw the gameplay, I was like, oh, like the whole color. Uh, like, like Even like the, what do you call it? Like the contrast of the scenes were, was totally off. Like it seemed a lot more bland by comparison. Color wise. Hmm, interesting. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I don't know. Sekiro's amazing. It's the oh, I haven't played either oh one, boy. so I can't really judge. Okay, okay. Well, did you have a, a, a topic of your own, or, or did I take up all of our time here? No, I pretty much prepared for this to be all about Elden Ring. Um, I did want to talk about a few uh, Nintendo Direct announcements. Oh, yeah, yeah. But other but other than that, I mean, we could talk about that another time, because I think we could fill an hour with that, too. Okay, sure. Well, yeah, I kind of, I, I, I think I said my uh, my whole thing. I don't think I f- there was anything necessarily that I forgot. Uh... On Elden Ring yet? I think I kind of, I think I kind of said it all. Yeah, a lot to say, and we, and you got to start the story mode soon. <laughs> right, right, yeah. That's the thing. As soon I will do like the first thing I tried to do, I'll, I'll get back there, and I'll probably be way over prepared because there. It, it makes me wonder if like you just particularly had a hard time with that boss, or if like the game was designed to be insanely hard on first boss so that you would look elsewhere. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was like I would I would try him like three times, and then I would open up Twitter and just be like, I'm just gonna scroll through here for like a minute and see like is anybody else complaining about this fucking boss that's so hard because it's way too hard you know but it, i never saw it you know um really and then <laughs> yeah so i don't know maybe i i did hear one person though when i was one day that i was streaming I, uh someone someone was watching someone else playing elden ring and they told me that they were stuck on that boss but they did beat him after like three and a half hours of just of just trying it and trying it you know um so yeah especially if you're streaming it you gotta watch out for backstreet or backseat gamers and and i guess also people who raid your uh your realm because they'll come fuck with you too right uh in dark souls oh, you're talking about like invaders yeah like people can invade your realm like if you're if they uh, stream snipe you oh yeah yeah there's ways to mitigate that though um okay. but uh but yeah uh that's that could be a thing i suppose uh but anyway um um yeah uh, i i i do think that it was designed that way just based on like how little damage my attacks did and that kind of stuff gotcha. i think it, i think it's intentional it's not like you're not overlooking like, oh, I was supposed to use a bow that was over there and I never picked right. it up. Well, I mean, that could be. <laughs> I did run straight past the tutorial at the very start uh, and then came, 
I like that you can do yeah. that. And then I, I went back later because it was like, the thing was you started out in a really dark area, you know? And so, and Nicole was watching me play and I was like, I, I would love to just stumble around this dark area and try to find a thing. Uh, but instead I'm just going to run for the door, you know? So I ran for the door and I ran straight past the tutorial. Then later when Nicole nice. wasn't watching and I had found a torch, I went back there and oh shit. Yeah. It's right there. And it's not even like, the room was dark so that you would see. It's not like it was hidden by the darkness. The room was dark so that you would see the tutorial, you know, the the, oh. the light next to it. But I didn't. I just saw the door. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Nice. Well, uh, I will probably have more to talk about another video game next episode. I'm not exactly sure which one it's going to be yet, but... I like. I think I told you. I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast yet, but I've I've been thinking about possibly getting into speed running mm -hmm. and doing something immensely stupid and doing it with a fishing game. Mm -hmm. I think you did <laughs> specifically this, because, yeah. yeah, you. I was talking to you about it on your stream where you're talking about how um, you kind of just like if there's not a game up there, you just kind of submit it. Yeah, and like you just kind of make your own rules for a run. So I've been thinking about doing that with uh, with either real fishing. Or a game from the Fisherman's Bait series on PS1. Just because that's like a childhood game of mine. So I already feel like I have a little bit of leg up on it. And I've never beaten it. And I'd like to see how my actual run can be. And I'll go from uh, I'll go from how long will it take me to actually beat it to how long can I actually speed run it once I start implementing like strategies to just like well, first you got to lay down the groundwork of how you're going to beat it, right? Because like you got to be like, okay, how many do I want? How many pounds of fish in an hour? Or do I want one uh, of every type of fish? That sort of thing. One from every level. There's lots of like things I'm looking into it still, but I think it'll be fun because there's, I feel like there's such an untapped market of like fun in fishing games that people aren't getting, and a lot of fishing games are really shitty though. So. You kind of have to sift through the crap. Yeah. yeah, the thing about speedrunning is that the rules of each category, I mean, it's all arbitrary, right? It's uh, yeah. every single category is, um, you know, unless the game has its own timer in it, that's a little less arbitrary. Uh, True. But still, like, uh, generally, you know, it's just people have decided this is the start and this is the end. Who can do it the fastest, you know? Uh, or like for, or, and then sometimes you add extra stipulations, you know, like the Final Fantasy VII category that I run is no slots, which is where you can't use, Kate Sith has a limit break called slots and you can't use it. Why not? Because we didn't want to, you know, it's, you know, it's like <laughs> it's uh, uh, enough people. Literally RNG though, right? That's his, uh, that's his, uh, fucking limit break that you can break the well, game. Well, it's the opposite. It's, it's, uh, it, you, you, if you, if you press the buttons correctly you can one shot any boss every time you know and so oh yeah, and, makes it too stupid right. okay, and gotcha. so just arbitrarily people were like well what would it be like if we didn't do that you know and then that yeah. was decide you know that makes it more yeah, interesting. and enough people think that that that's the more popular category now you know uh but point is though that it was originally just an arbitrary decision that was made and people like it and so that's what the category is that people run now a lot of the time so kind of like how magic the gathering rules can just get developed by a local player base oh like house rules and stuff like house rules you're not allowed to use eldrazi yeah you can't use fucking anything within the indestructible like I, I i never did any of that but like dude <sighs> 
Some magic, some magic tactics were just terrible to do. Man, with. I I always uh, just played like tournament rules essentially. Like whenever I oh, did you yeah, play? I used to I used to play oh, magic nice. quite a bit. And I, basically, when I played a casual game, it was the same rules as a, as a regular tournament game. You know, um, and man, it was funny. Like people people would get like upset with me when I didn't want to have there be like the free mulligan you know like everyone had the the one free mulligan house rule you know what's that rule as like you know you can mulligan once for free without having to take what's the okay tell me what your mulligan is because I don't know if I've done this. oh so really uh so so when you start magic you shuffle your deck and then you draw seven cards right yeah and if your seven cards are bad Oh, just saying if you have a bad hand, you want to reshuffle. Yeah, I got you. you reshuffle. Okay, gotcha. But, like, back when I started, the tournament rule was you could reshuffle and draw again, but you drew six then instead of seven. Yes, I remember that rule. Yeah, but, okay. like, every house rule was always, well, you get one for free, you know? And I was like, no, nah, that's not how the game is played, right? Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's yeah, weird the, now, we, though. It, it, it's, nowadays, it's something that's, like... I think the newest mulligan rule is you draw seven every time, but for every time, once you have accepted your hand, for every time that you mulliganed, you choose one card and put it on the bottom of your deck or something like that. So you still... Okay. Yeah, so you still start with a smaller hand, but it's of a selection of seven cards, you know. So instead of it being a six-card hand, it's the best six of a seven-card hand, you know what I mean? I gotcha. Yeah, Yeah, okay. That makes... Okay, interesting. Yeah, that's kind of cool that you play Magic. I never knew that you played, because I I saw saw your brother uh, plays a little bit of uh, Arena, I want to say it is. Uh, He plays Magic Online, which is different from Arena. Well, I, dude, okay, okay. so I'm glad I get to tell you about this then. So I saw that, was it Secret Lair, I want to say is the company, is doing a crossover with Wizards to where they're bringing the original like uh, World Warriors cast of Street Fighter as Magic the Gathering legendary creature cards. Street Fighter so, characters? So Ryu uh, is getting a card, Chun-Li is getting a card, Ken is getting a card, Blanca... Um, uh, Dalsim is getting a card. Guile is getting a card, and Zangief is getting a card. There's already a so, card named Guile. Gu- well, this is uh Guile of the something charge. Oh man, I gotta bring this. No, up. I'm just, I'm oh. kind of just joking. Uh, okay. Well, d- dude, like they're actually like I was reading their abilities, and obviously they're all legendary creatures because they want to make. They want they want to appease the the commander deck crowd where you know if you play elder dragon highlander you can choose one of these guys as your champion and they're like they'll be low cost or high cost but I was reading through their abilities and it makes so much fucking sense like yeah. you have to be a Magic the Gathering player and a Street Fighter fan to kind of get how the cards effects work together like uh shit oh sorry I I, I should have. I'm gonna bring this up because, like, I want to. I want to get this right. Um, but like, Dalsim has an effect where uh, uh, Magic the Gathering card. Uh, Dalsim has a has an effect where essentially, you know, like in in Street Fighter, his effects are his punches. He's just like stretchy, right? He can punch you from a range that nobody else can punch you from. So uh, that's kind of like how his card goes, uh, and and even like their colors, like you know, white. He he's he's a two drop colorless with a green and a white on top, so four drops. So um, they kind of matches colors with like the uh, 
kind of disposition of the character and their 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 uh what you call alignment i guess so like listen to this it has reach and it has teleport because dalsim has a teleport ability but the way teleport works is dalsim pliable pacifist is his, his card name has hexproof unless he's attacking so essentially if you cast a spell on him you don't cast a spell on him and it's only, I guess, that card that would ever have a teleport mechanic. Like, only Dalsim would have that, you know, just to fit the card, you know, character. But, of course, he also has, whenever a creature you control with reach attacks, because he has an ability called reach as well, untap it, and it can't be blocked by creatures with greater power this combat. So, basically, he has the ability to hit flying creatures, or if there's no flying creatures to defend, you know, hit your opponent directly. And he has an, also an ability called Fierce Punch. Whenever one or more creatures you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So basically, he can hit anything that isn't flying to defend. And if it is, hits a player, you get a card. And like the way that they've made it so like you can actually see how this would play in a Magic the Gathering uh, mechanic sense from a fighting game perspective was just like it was, I don't know. Nerd Knox was was nerding out this morning. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> I was, sure. I was having a good time. I, I it made me want to actually build a deck around these guys, and I haven't. I sold all my Magic cards like five years ago for some money when all my friends stopped playing. So, but when I saw those, I, I was thinking about just buying them just to have them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, the secret layer stuff, I want to say, are, like, special printings that I think are designed to be, like, kind of collector kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Probably not tournament legal, but, you know, house rules, I would let them in. Yeah, I so... I, I never got into the like standard play, which is where like you can only yeah. it, you can only play the new sets and none of the like side sets and stuff. I always played Legacy, uh, which was where you could just play any card except for a, a short. There's like a short list of banned cards, right? But other than that, anything goes. Um, and and that that had uh, those kinds of cards in it usually, um, but I'm not sure if the secret layer stuff extends to that. You know, I don't know. This might just be me being OCD about the art, but I was actually a bigger fan of the modern format mm. because it was basically legacy, except all the cards looked uniformly right. Oh, see, <laughs> and they look, I th- and they also like, because like you can also have the benefit of um, additional game development time. So it's it's standard. But way more flexibility and a way wider card base to choose from without having all the cards that absolutely should be banned. Like, Legacy have, has so many of the old style art that should be banned, but, like, the stuff that was fine just got reprinted in the modern art style. So, like, it was it was a good filter for me. Mm. Well, you... Don't confuse legacy with vintage, where oh maybe so is vintage only the old art? Uh, no, vintage is where actually anything goes except some cards are restricted, so you can only have one of them. But that's mm-hmm. where you get shit like black lotus, right? Is legal, yeah. but you can only have one, right? Or um, uh, like time walk yeah like that's you know those can be fun if you build a deck specifically for the format oh yeah no no vintage is great i'm just saying uh as far as like you you, you're saying cards that absolutely should be banned um you know i i don't think legacy had that problem really i mean there's uh yeah you know i uh i I liked it. I liked the power level of Legacy a lot. And also the funny thing about the artwork is that I think that the old card frame looks so much cooler than the new f- card frame. Um, I will... Okay. 
So I will agree, but only if every other card in the deck is with it. Oh, yeah. I think just seeing them together pisses me oh, off. Oh, yeah. I, I, I actually grew up um, playing Pokemon first. So I was introduced to the Wizards, the Wizards of the Coast kind of format of the Magic card as we know today, like the modern format. Um, I was introduced to that kind of style of card way before anything else. So that's just that's what looks right to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I went from there to Yu-Gi-Oh! And Yu-Gi-Oh! is just a totally different kind of card entirely. And then went back to Magic. So I was like all aboard with the normal style uh, art that they were doing. But when I see those old style cards, I think what I didn't like the most was the white border cards. Like if they had the black border, they were okay. Mm, yeah, I, I love all the old borders. I think that the uh, the set Tempest... Specifically, Tempest is like the best looking set of cards. Not only is it the old card frame, but it was old card frame, black border, and all of the artwork, man. The artwork is just so, so good on that on that set. Mm, uh, yeah. yeah. But anyway. Uh, the artwork is like half the reason to get into Magic the Gathering, yeah. for me, honestly. I, and some, I, of the, some of the fucking cards. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason that I like old card frames also is because generally the artwork back then was like actual paintings, you know, while yeah. now uh, the art kind of looks more um, digital, digital art. yeah, uh, which is fine. It's just the old stuff is cooler, you know. I, yes, I agree. But when it came to Pokemon, for some reason, I loved the shitty 3D model yeah. CGI cars the most. Like, like Hyper Potion was just this big golden piece of shit. Like, <laughs> so, like, like, like spray bottle of orange juice. <laughs> some, some kind of like, oh, uh, shitty. Like the seeds uh, when Gen Two Pokemon was out. Like the the nuts that you could attach to like uh, like a berry when Pokemon got the ability to hold an item, like. All of those pieces of art were like really shitty 3D work, but like I, there's something about them that's so charming now. Yeah, there was some charm to it for sure. But yeah, I definitely yeah. prefer like the 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 painted magic artwork. Tempest, man, I yeah. tell you, if you're gonna get a card and put it in your deck, if it was printed in Tempest, I guarantee you that's the coolest looking one. Mm, I'm looking at some of the um, the art for the uh, like like in the Magic the Gathering just like catalog here for the Tempest set. It does have a lot of good good artwork to it painting wise mm-hmm. um but all right all right yeah if you what are the what are the games you're looking forward to soon uh just Elden Ring looking forward to anything coming out soon I feel like there is but I I've I've forgotten my head is just uh in Elden Ring right now there's been a fuck ton of releases for me but it's all like multiplayer stuff like the new KOF has come out and oh boy that's a lot to that's a lot to talk about on its own but yeah fighting games are another universe no right. I'm not sure I'm not sure if you uh if if you would follow if you'd be interested <laughs> yeah I do I, yeah, I don't know I'm sure I think there's gonna be I think there's gonna be one game it won't be a fighting game there's gonna be one game I'm gonna get you playing multiplayer only games with I don't know what it's gonna be yet <laughs> well I'm but I I I know you'd be really good at it. I'm that. sure I'll see it on your stream at some point. Maybe. But for today, all right, I think uh, I think that should about do it, right? Yep. All right. Elden Ring, it's really good. Buy it. Mm-hmm. But honestly, uh, PS5, I hear, is the best way to play it right now. But, you know, it'll work its kinks out. Yeah, I mean, I uh, after playing it for a while, I think that the PC version is running fine you know like yeah there's frame hitches uh and it's probably smoother on ps5 um but it's not like it's unplayable on pc uh i've I, i've been finding it to be 
fine, you know. But yeah, I mean, maybe it's a thing of buy it on PS5 now, and then when you want to play it again in in a in a couple years, get it on Steam sale or something like that. <laughs> It'll be better. Yeah, that's that's the one good thing about PC with Steam is like I can buy it now or I can buy it when it's better later and per for probably less money. Yep. All right, all right, all right, y'all. Well, we yeah, we appreciate y'all tuning in and listening, downloading, and all that shit. Uh, I'm Invictus Knox. I'm Dash. Peace out. See ya.